Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work, and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Vanessa Cordupel, who is the Director of High School Ministry with Inner Varsity Christian Fellowship. She also is somebody who is in our aero class, and we're going to talk about leadership, growing, her story, healing, all the things. So eat some ice cream, play some volleyball with friends, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Well, this is so fun. We've been talking for over an hour. <laughs> we finally hit record. And now we're here. Vanessa, welcome to well, Work thank Friends. You. It's so nice to meet you for the third time ever. It's so nice to <laughs> meet this you blows for my the mind. third time ever. I know. The first time I met you guys, I shared my life story with you. Yeah. It was like an awkward first date. We love it. Why haven't wow. you shared your life story with me? Jen kind of did. You I, I guess cried, you kind of did about yeah, your skin that's birthday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll put it in the WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> So anyways, welcome. Um, This is so fun. So we're going to start off with some fun facts, and you can just answer accordingly for people to get to know you. Great. How would you spend a free day? I would spend a free day with long walks on the beach. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. I was like, this can't be real. (laughs) (laughs) I live in Alberta. There are Um, many beaches. Um, I would spend it at a coffee shop, reading a good book, going for a run. But maybe not with you, Jen, because I think you'd go faster than I would. Um, I probably would stop and look at a bunch of trees along the way um, with a good friend, probably my niece and nephew. Yeah, that's how I would spend a good day. Good day. Yeah, it's a good day. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? I feel like I struggle with this question because I feel the obligation to say Jesus. Everybody says that. But I'm not actually sure if I would say Jesus. (laughs) Because Jesus is in my heart. So he's with all three of those people as it is already, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. I do you feel don't like I should say Jesus. Jesus. I feel like this Jesus is we would be assume the first Jesus. One. Jesus is the first. You can pick three more. Okay. Thank you. I feel <laughs> a little permission. less like, I don't know, boxed in with the question by <laughs> having four. I, I would like to have uh, a meal with Mary mm. because I'd like to know what it was like to raise Jesus. And if he was an annoying teenager, because mm. I was definitely not an annoying teenager. So Me I just, either. you know, like to put Jesus in that category. Sure. And I'm curious about that. But in all seriousness, I'd love to know what it was like to raise Jesus. Um, I'd like to have dinner with Harriet Tubman, hmm. because I think her stories would be fascinating. And unlike anything that's ever happened in my um, exciting life <laughs> of being a middle class Canadian, Um I think I'd like to have dinner with my dad, mm. who's, you know, been passed for five years. I think mm. he'd be somebody I'd love to have another dinner with just to know what it's like in heaven and what he's doing up there. And if the Leafs actually ever win mm. in heaven <laughs> or if that's like just still a mm. pipe dream. <laughs> and I think Obama, not mm. to be like politically controversial. And when I say Obama, I mean Michelle Obama, <laughs> oh, the yeah. real president, <laughs> Michelle Obama. I'd like to have dinner with Michelle just to... I don't know, just to hear her inspiration around working mm. with youth and how that's played out in her life and what she's learned and mm. um, would love to hear all these people's stories because I love hearing people share their stories. Mm. So, mm. And obviously you guys. Oh, my gosh. I would I love to waiting. have dinner with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Can I have yeah. five? Sure. <laughs> that answer went from three to five. <laughs> Jesus, the real three. Yes. Wait, did I say three or four? You I may have said four. four. <laughs> did I say four? So six people I would like to have dinner with. Sure. Love yeah. it. Yeah. We'll be Thanks. there. Yeah, great. Maybe we could talk about this after the party. <laughs> we love it. We'll we should have talked about it for the first hour we've been talking yes. before putting the podcast on. Yeah. What's your biggest flex? I think this is where my millennial um, generation comes out because I don't know what the word flex means. <laughs> so can you much cooler, Jen? Like, like um, my biggest strength? Yeah, like the coolest thing. I was you've born done. in the eighties. Like, like, okay, yeah. like, like, like brag. Like your biggest yeah. flex would be like the thing you could brag about. I mean, obviously my charming personality. Duh. 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 I don't even know why you guys had to ask me that question. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I apologize. So sorry. <laughs> 
Love it. Yeah, that's the answer. My charming personality. (laughs) Cool. The charm I bring everywhere, Jen. Yes. Yes. I'm laughing not because I don't think it's true. I feel a little Um, attacked. Sorry. I'm just laughing out of embarrassment that I didn't assume that. I'm sorry. I'm laughing out of embarrassment for having to ask the word flex. Hey, there's no dumb questions, right? Somebody else is thinking Sometimes dumb people. It's fine. It's totally fine. Oh my gosh. That's what you were going to say. No. We'll move on. (laughs) This is a great work friend podcast. Um, Where's the best place you've been to? Uh, The best place, well, my favorite place that I've ever been is where my family cabin is, and that's on Manitoulin Island in northern Ontario. But I think the coolest place I've ever traveled to is Dubai. And I was there for four days after uh, spending a month in Bangladesh as a university student, living amongst the the poor, uh, particularly widows and um, abandoned women. And I think Dubai was just the coolest, like built up it felt imaginary because it's just so elaborate Mm. doesn't even feel real Mm. but I'm also a tourist and I'm also white so maybe the sides of it were imaginary in some ways (laughs) right but Mm -hmm. I'll kind of live into my ignorance in this moment and say that's a cool place but my favorite place is our family cabin Mm. up in the north yeah the north of the Ontario (laughs) love it um if you weren't working at InterVarsity what would you do I would be working for Jen and Ainsley. (laughs) That's what I would be doing. They would be my boss. I'd be running the drop-in. You could be on the podcast. I would be running this podcast. That's what I would be doing if I didn't work for university. I would be running this podcast. Um, I would also be a trophy wife, but that's much less of a a deep, influential answer. Um, So I'm going to go with the first one. Love it. Which is I'd be working for you guys. Great. Because you do great work. I'm fangirling a little bit being on this podcast with both of you. Exceptional. Are you all? Ainsley's tearing up. She's tearing up. I'm so tired. They're kind of fake tears, but (laughs) that's fun. Be working for you guys. You have a you have a desk. Yeah, we have a desk open in your office. So I don't know, Kevin, if you're listening to this, but he will. He will, Kevin. Sorry, Coach Dave. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from those fun facts, <laughs> tell us about yourself and what life looks like for you. I'm curious if you guys know how to say my last name or if you've been I'm wrestling no with it. I, I know. No I've been wondering. <laughs> Parley was wondering if you were going to try to say it or if you were going to figure it out. No, I have no idea. In my, in my head voice, it's been corrigible. But that's you probably know, wrong. You're close, actually. Oh. You're really, really close. Really close. I, I may not I even know. tell you just I can't to tell let you, you she's live. She's me to keep guessing. Yeah, I want you to Cordu-pol? keep guessing. Closer. Closer. Corduple. Cold. I, okay, good. Because I didn't actually like cold. that one. No, so it's I was not. No, it. no, it's cold. Cordupole. Oh, you're so close. It's Cordupel. 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 You're so close. Ainsley, you were like so close to learning a Ukrainian immigrant last name. All right. Sorry. That could be your big flex. Oh, learning my Ukrainian immigrant last name. <laughs> Putting it on my resume. Putting it on your resume. <laughs> I for when I work for you, I learned my future Soft employer's skills. last name. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Vanessa Cordapel. Yes. I work for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in Calgary, and I've been there for 11 years, but I'm from Ontario, so I'm an Ontario girl at heart. Um, living in the big, bad, wild west of Calgary, which is not big or bad or wild. It's a really great city, so I'm really glad to be there. Um, and I am our uh, national director of high school ministry for university. So that sounds a lot fancier than it is. It really means I'm just encouraging high school ministry happening in, in university. So, um, And I met you two lovely ladies at Arrow. Yeah. So we became fast friends through... Mm-hmm. Arrow. Mm, it's true. Yeah, this is the third time that we're meeting in person. That's <laughs> the third time. Mind. The last time was like a three-hour coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody had to call it. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So that's me. Yeah. And we love you. So. I love you guys. Are we work friends yes. or are we real friends? I think friends? we're also real friends. I think we're I think, real friends. I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, wanted to, I, I wanted to be thoughtful of my answer. Yeah. Okay. Official. Welcome. Did you discern that? 
Yeah, did you not see the discernment in my eyes? I just eyes? wanted to double check because yeah. we may be talking about discernment. So mm, just wanted wait. to test your discernment. Okay. How did I do? Nine out of ten. I mean, your charming personality. <laughs> Whoever's going to listen to this is going to think, who is this girl? I promise I'm lovely. I promise. She is. Oh, she is. I promise I'm lovely. You're going to edit that out, right? Well, we're going to hear more about your lovely personality. I want to hear more about your story. What a good segue. I know. I know. Guys, transition. Transition. Um, yeah, we're going to hear a little about you. So. Um, when you think about God's faithfulness, what Mm. seasons and life events come to mind? I was thinking about this question and the thing I am the worst at in my life is remembering God's faithfulness. I'm one of those people that, um, quickly forgets and it's um, always a surprise to me when God is faithful. So you would think in 33 years, oh no, I'm 34 in 34 years that you would catch on to the fact that God is faithful. Um, And I haven't yet. So (laughs) that's been a lifelong journey Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, I was thinking about um, the people in, is it in Deuteronomy? I should know this if I'm going to work. You're asking me, but I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) The people in the book of Deuteronomy, Ainsley, who, um, who God tells them to write his words on their forehead. That's in Deuteronomy, right? Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go with it. Let's just go with it. Inner varsity, if you're listening, I'm better at Bible. So <laughs> I was thinking about that, thinking about the reminder of um, of God's faithfulness in our lives and us needing to cement ourselves into that, because I think God's been so faithful through my story um, as a Christian, as somebody who walked away from God for a couple of years in university. God just has pursued me over and over and over again. And it's funny to think about because uh, I think for me anyways... God um, pursued me so much that it was just kind of ridiculous. And I think that's because I'm so stubborn, Mm -hmm. right? I think he was like, this girl needs a little extra, little extra pursuing. So Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot recently about, um, particularly when my dad, my dad had terminal cancer most of my 20s, and thinking about God's faithfulness around uh, keeping him well when I was making some pretty big decisions about moving to Calgary and giving my life to university in that season. Um, uh, the ways that my parents have grown in their faith through really hard seasons and God saying, I'm going to be faithful to them just as I'm being faithful to you. Um, I think particularly in fundraising, you guys would both know that. I Mm -hmm. fundraise a ridiculous amount of money every year, and I don't know how it all comes in or where it comes from, but God's just been so faithful in allowing me to do the work that I do. Um, And in this season, I'm on sabbatical right now. So you guys are talking to me while I'm on sabbatical. Mm -hmm. And God's been so faithful in giving me a sabbatical. I don't think I even thought I needed one. I'm like so stubborn and so cocky right now. I was like, I'm golden. And then God was like, no, you need this. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And I hit sabbatical and I thought, wow, God, you were so faithful in setting me up for for sabbatical. And so I think in this season, I've just been, this is why I love this question so much. I've been trying to remember that uh, these are the places where we just need to remind ourselves that God is faithful because I don't want to be the person that forgets God's faithfulness anymore Mm. in my life. I want to be the person who like has it marked on my forehead, right? God has been faithful. These are the reasons why God has been faithful. And I want us to be able to tell our teens that, that God is going to be faithful. I'm getting preachy, sorry. But this is like a lifelong journey for me around God's faithfulness. And so God's just been so faithful and... um, it sounds cliche, but in all parts of my life, really. And I don't actually know where I would be if I wasn't following God and receiving from his faithfulness, right? Like those people that often say like, I'd be, you know, on the streets. I think I'd probably be a pretty rich, successful lawyer who had a very empty life, right? Mm. So I'm just celebrating God's faithfulness in this season. And particularly as I rest, just reminding myself of what has God done in 10 years of ministry, 11 years of ministry? What has God done in how will he continue to be faithful? Mm, that's cool. Yeah. Mm. I've thought about having, uh, this is after we chatted with Eliza. Where we Ooh, talked yes. About that was a good podcast. Yo. She's wise. She had a grief dinner party. And I'm like, I kind of want to host a faithfulness dinner party. Like, I think it would be so fun. Good food, good friends, and just talk about like how God has moved and work I really love hard. that. I love that. Let's do it. I love that. We should totally yeah. do that. And I feel like there are a couple of um, 
people in my life who don't know Jesus yet mm. that I would love to invite to something like yeah. that. Because how often do we get to actually share our stories of God's faithfulness mm. with people that don't know Christ yet, yeah. right? Like it's not a natural, um, oh, hey, Jen, how's it going? Oh, well, let me tell you about God's faithfulness today, right? Like it's mm. not a natural segue, but something like a dinner party, you could like... Ooh, let's do Share it. stories. Mm. You could really rock out the faithfulness conversations. <laughs> That'd be so let's fun. Let's do it. Let's do let's it. get matching tattoos too. <gasps> <laughs> Couple months. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more? You mentioned, um, you know, like God kind of pursuing you. I mean, through all time. So particularly when you kind of were like walking away from Him and how He just like, I don't know, wouldn't let you go. Can yeah, you I would bit? love to tell you about that. So, a lot of my stories, I grew up in the church. Um, I often don't like saying I grew up a Christian, air quotes Christian, because I don't actually know if that's possible or if that's something we just tell ourselves as Christian kids to make ourselves feel better or feel like we have some kind of inheritance that maybe we don't have to earn. Um, but I did grow up in the church and uh, in in high school hit a stage where I really started wrestling with what was real and Um, what was not real. And I think for me, the biggest obstacle, and I look back on it and think, wow, Sane was really trying to deceive me with this Mm -hmm. question. Uh, My big obstacle was, is God good to me? Does God love me? Does God care about me? So I I knew that God was real, but his love wasn't real to me. Didn't make sense to me. So when I hit university, I was so excited. I left my hometown, which is in Northern Ontario and came all the way to the big bad city of Waterloo (laughs) uh, to go to Laurier. And my first week I thought this is going to be the season where I don't have to pretend that I believe in Christ anymore. I don't have to pretend that I want to be connected to him. And, you know, I, I think 17 year old Vanessa, 18 year old Vanessa was so eager to believe that she had any control over her life Mm -hmm. um, and to think that she had it all together. Um, and within the first two days, my friends that I was making in residence were churchgoers. So it's this like automatic start of a story, right? Where Christ was like, okay, I'm glad you believe that you have control, but like the people I'm going to put in your life are, are people who already love me. Um, and within a couple of weeks, I had been to the club's booth at Laurier, which is where I met InterVarsity and the good Christian people pleaser in me felt like, okay, I'll go to the Christian booth and I'll sign up, right? I'll put my name in my email, but I just won't ever go. (laughs) Um, Nobody will know, right? Because I'm at the big, bad university of Laurier, which is, um, you know, more than my high school, like by thousands, Mm -hmm. right? So nobody will even know that I go. The problem is I just kept running into the staff person (laughs) everywhere I went on campus. So she would email me and say, Vanessa, we're having a first year Bible study. You should come. And I would be like, great, I'll be there. I would not go. And the next day I would run into her in the cafeteria or she would say, come to this large group. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll pop by. I was super cool back then. I'll pop by. I have lots of friends, but I'll pop by. Um, and I wouldn't go, and she would show up at, like, my residence. She'd be walking by, and she'd see me in the window and be like, hey, why weren't you at Bible study tonight or large group? And it's one of those things, looking back on humorously, that Christ was using to pursue me, um, using other people to say, like, you think you're you think you're rid of me, but but you're not. And so those were hard, those were hard years. Like, I really... Um, spent a lot of time wrestling with what I believed and what I didn't believe. And um, I had a season of about a year that I thought I'm going to walk away entirely um, where I didn't go to church and I didn't go to Bible study. And um, looking back on it, I mean, I'm such a relational person. You guys know this in the three times that we've met in person. Um, I'm such a relational person that God really pursued me with other people and really put them in my path and really um, went out of his way to make sure that I was hitting or coming across one of those people each day. So, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's these seasons where um, I think I'm going to walk away or I'm mad or I don't believe or I struggle. And God just says, like, I see you and I'm going to talk to you in your language and I'm not going to let you go. And I think that's been remarkable for me. I actually Mm -hmm. do have a tattoo of that on my foot, which is a reminder that, um, that God does pursue us. And um, 
I just think I'm awesome, right? Mm-hmm. So I think <laughs> in my sinfulness, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'll totally walk away. I've got it all under control. And God's like, well, actually, I'm in control of your life. So <laughs> surprise, I'm going to show up everywhere you go and remind you to go to Bible study. Um Yeah, so a lot of that was my university years. And it's funny now to look back on it because I work with InterVarsity mm-hmm. now. Um, you are that girl. I am that girl. I was that girl on campus mm-hmm. for a long time. And it's interesting to talk to some of those students and say, like, what was that like for you to have me show up at your house <laughs> and be like, why didn't you come to Bible study? Let me bring you cookies. And for them to be like, oh, you just wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> like, right, because God did that for me too. You're like, no, God wouldn't leave you alone. No, God <laughs> wouldn't leave you alone. I just baked the cookies. So, yeah, God's, I mean, God's a pursuer. And Mm -hmm. if we want to see it, we can see it in our stories. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Something we'd love to just hear a little bit is expectations, dreams, and what's come to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, one of the reasons that we put this down is just like, um, I mean, Jen and I have had this conversation about a thousand times over of like, my life is not what I thought it would look like <laughs> in like every single sense of the word. Like uh, yes. even yes. like for me, particularly the fact that I work in Listowel, Ontario, yep. the place where I used to count down the days literally till I could leave. Right. You know what I mean? But then you realize, you know, on the topic of faithfulness, how cool it is that mm-hmm. God does that. So what's that, what's that like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you had talked to me when I was 22, My dream would have been to be a a family lawyer, um, helping kids in the justice system. So I think from a young age, my mom, my dad, uh, my brother's in the school system as a teacher. Um, We were raised to um, think about youth in particular. And I think there's a family call on our family around Mm. youth ministry in different forms. My mom was a youth leader for many, many years. My dad cared a lot about homeless youth. Um, And my brother is a teacher. Um, and so at the time, I thought my dream was to help young people in the system. Uh, it would have been nice to make a little bit more money, too. <laughs> um, although, you know, money is not the goal, but mm. I've talked about it as a trophy wife in this conversation. So <laughs> just keep going with that. Um, and so, I mean, that was my dream. That was my hope. And uh, I don't think... If you had told 22-year-old Vanessa that I would be here in my 30s, I would have laughed at you, would have laughed at you. And I think some of that is God's faithfulness. If you know me, I would make a terrible lawyer. I would make an absolutely (laughs) terrible lawyer. Arguing is not my strong suit. Um, I'm a really empathetic person. I have a lot of feelings. I cry. (laughs) I would be standing there just like bawling, right? Like, we should just care for this person. And I think a lot of that is God's heart that he's given me for youth on the margins in particular. But um, at the time, you you could tell me that I'd be in this role. I mean, even five years ago, you couldn't tell me that I'd be in a, a leadership role within a university. So part of my story is that I went to a conference called Urbana, which is a missions conference in uh, 2009 as a university student, um, and felt God tell me not to go to law school. And that was a really big call of obedience for me. And at that year, I just kept asking God the question of like, if not law school, what? Right. What is the call? I didn't want to be a youth pastor. I didn't want to go to seminary. Um, I thought about social work, which is basically what we do already Mm -hmm. without the professional degree, which also matters. But, you know, that's basically what we're doing in our lives. Um, And God said to to work with university, to give it a year. Um, So when I joined staff with university, I gave it a year, which then became three years, which then became five years. Um, And I hit year seven, and I thought... You know, I'm working with university students. It's really fulfilling ministry. I loved my time on campus, um, but I was bored. And I had this calling in my life where I thought youth ministry would be the thing. But again, I didn't want to be a youth pastor. Mad respect for youth pastors. Um, And so I had to really ask God the question about like, what are my dreams? What are my hopes? What do you have for me? What do I want to do? And this theme of uh, youth on the margins really kept coming back up for me kept really resurfacing for me as I was thinking about um, what was the next season. And 
Um, at that point, I thought, okay, you know what? Maybe we'll think about high school work with university. Uh, I gave that six months and then COVID hit, which um, <laughs> is the biggest killer of any starting or planting ministry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> because Zoom ministry is terrible. Oh gosh, I yeah. mean, thank God for Zoom, but it's terrible. Um and then that led to this national job. And what's been so cool about this national job recently has been seeing how my love for youth and the margins gets to be played out by me helping people think through how to do youth ministry. And it's this multiplication of like, it's no longer just me. It's me helping people learn how to do this ministry and what kind of capacity we can grow when we think about things beyond ourselves. So at the time I thought it was, you know, family law. I look at it now and I'm like, oh, I get to do youth in the margin work just in a really cool kingdom way Mm. and in a way that's really much truer to me, right? Vanessa would be a bad lawyer. I'm not saying I'm a much better director, (laughs) Um, but I I do think the, like, aligning of um, my hopes around youth and caring for youth who fall through the system and God's hopes around bringing youth into the kingdom was a really cool meshing for me. And it was a really cool season to learn. Oh, I think God has built me like that since I was a kid, right? I think looking back, God was already doing that Mm. in me. I just, I just thought it was this way and he was seeing it as this other way. Um, so my, I mean, my dreams at this point in my life, it's it's interesting to think about your dreams in your early 30s and think through, what are my dreams? And I think my dreams have changed from, um, from many things to a season where I'm like, I just want my dreams to be aligned with Christ's mm-hmm. dreams. And I want to be aligned with his dreams because his dreams honestly make a hundred times more sense for me than whatever Vanessa's dreams are, (laughs) Um, except for the trophy wife dream. I would love (laughs) that dream to come to fruition. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think dreams in the season are a fun, fun thing to think about as well, right? Like what am I hoping for and how does that align with what Christ is thinking about Mm. in my life? Yeah. Um, I think it's such a beautiful, crazy, grace-filled thing when God, mm. um, yeah, with such kindness brings that, us into that mm-hmm. position and that posture mm-hmm. where like, yeah, it's fun to dream. It's such a beautiful thing for him to like mm. bring us to this place where it's like, you know what, God, there's a lot of cool things that I could do, but ultimately I want what you want for my mm-hmm. life. Like align my dreams with yours. Like that's so beautiful mm-hmm. because, yeah. yeah. I think it's one of the biggest things we do poorly as the church around discernment, particularly Mm. for people in their early 20s. I think we over-spiritualize something by saying, what does God have for your life? Instead of saying, how has God built you to be? And what might he be inviting you into in the next season Mm -hmm. to further some of those giftings or those skills? Now, Mm. it's it's not always going to be what we think it is, right? If you had told me that I'd be on campus with campus ministry for 10 years, I would have laughed at you. I mean, I did men's ministry for four of those years and played a ton of basketball and ate a ton of chicken <laughs> wings, right? Like, and you would, I would never have believed that was the case. But I think one of the things that we need to start asking our young people is what has God already built inside of you? Um, what has he built your passion to be? What are the things that you pay attention to as you walk on the street? For me, um, one of the biggest things that I learned about myself in my early 20s was how much of an empathetic heart I have. So I'll be walking on the street and I'll see a young person who's obviously homeless or un- underhoused, and um, my heart breaks for that person, right? If you had told me when I was in my early 20s that that was probably because I had some calling on my life for youth, then that would have changed my whole perspective on discernment, right? But I think it is beautiful when Christ is like, hey, actually know you and I know how you're built and I've placed this on your heart. I've placed on your heart to go to Portugal with a green dress (laughs) in all these other ways. Who Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I would love to kind of shift into talking about leadership. You have, you're good at your job. You do amazing things. And I think it's so cool that you are able to come to it with the perspective of being a campus ministry staff. I don't know what your technical job that was are. Stuff. Is that, I don't know. Yeah. I had um, many different titles. Some sure. of them I gave myself. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for you to be like a real cheerleader in your role, like mm. across Canada, like that's, that's really cool. 
That's so cool that you it get to do really it. It is really cool. Yeah. It is really, really cool. Half the time I think about, is this my life? Am I actually getting to do this work? Mm. Like, it's really cool work. Mm. Yeah. And it's really cool to be a younger, I say younger in air quotes, right? A younger woman in this role because mm. so much of our so much of our church leadership in Canada is men mm-hmm. over the age of 40, right? So to be mm-hmm. a young woman in this role and being able to cheerlead young women, uh, young men who are in their cities thinking about how do we care about youth? How do we care about young adults? It's really cool work. Sometimes I travel to places and I get to have coffee with young staff and hear their stories and hear their heart and think, wow, is this like my life? And I'm getting mm. paid to do it. Like, mm. is this the thing I get paid to do? Right. But um, it's really cool. And I, again, I just would never have thought that would have been my life. Even five years ago, I don't think I would have thought I would have been with a university this long. So um, cool. But God mm. knew. Anyways. What was that transition like from um, your role being on campuses to now being on the national team? Yeah, that's been, um, it's been a really funny and surprising season. So I've been in this job for about a year and a half. I started this job partnering with um, actually my best friend from university. She was in the job with me. Um, And so that was just really fun, right? Like I think similar to you and Ainsley, uh, we have quite a loud, fun, um, (laughs) spontaneous dance party relationship. We've often called ourselves work friends because I think there are people who may think like, oh, yeah, you guys just hang out at work. And we're like, well, (laughs) actually, that's not entirely (laughs) true. (laughs) So I think it was a really smooth landing to be able to say, like, I get to do this work with a person who knows me really well, who there's a lot of trust with. And um, a couple of months ago when she decided to take on another adventure, which um, I think is true in the kingdom of God, it's all adventures. I don't Mm. know. Uh, if we can ever call them jobs, because they're never straightforward job description mm. jobs. <laughs> um, for me, it was uh, this really crazy season of asking, like, God, why am I here? What am I doing? Um, who thought this was a good idea? I still ask myself that question. Who thought this was a good idea? Um, my first day of the job, uh, being on this team, um, I'm now on a team with some people who were like my supervisor supervisor when I was on campus and they've been fabulous, fabulous. A lot of um, really great um, men and women in their forties and fifties. One of the campus director in a university emailed me saying, Vanessa, the the creator of the universe thought this was a great idea. Hmm. So we think it's a great idea. And I think that was a really cool entryway into um, the places where I was saying, who thought that this was a smart idea to put the girl who, you know, has limited youth experience in theory, right? Like I've never been a youth pastor. I've never um, worked frontline youth ministry, but I've worked young adult ministry for a long time. Um, who thought that was a great idea for God just to say, I did. I thought this was a great idea. It was an amazing way to start. Um, I think the... The biggest se- the biggest transition for me in this season has been thinking um, about how I bring things to the table that other people aren't going to bring, and that's okay. Mm. So I have been fighting a lot of the um, what it should look like or what I should look like as a leader and really wrestling with what am I as a leader and what do I bring as a leader and really sitting with um, who has God made me to be and how does that bring life to this season and this job. And I think that's been such a huge helpful uh, perspective for me in leadership to think about um, what are the ways that I've put myself in boxes that didn't make sense for me? And what are the ways that those expectations weren't actually Hmm. um, encouraging me to move forward or weren't encouraging me to be present in what I was doing? Um, And to actually think about like, God, how have you created me to be? And what does that bring to this season? So if you know me, I'm I really love to laugh and I really love to have fun. And I I think if you're in youth ministry, if you don't know how to have fun or (laughs) don't know how to laugh, I think you're probably in the wrong position. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't take yourself like really uh, loosely and not seriously, I think you're probably in the wrong job. Um, So just bringing that to the team, right? Saying like, you know what, I can, I can bring laughter. I can bring joy. Um, Thinking about, uh, what what experiences has God given me at camp, 
right? So Ainsley mm. and I were talking about camp as we um, prepped for this and just thinking about like, how does that uh, cross over into this season? So it's been a lot of internal work in this new season of leadership, letting down some of the um, the boxes that I thought I had to be a part of or I had to fit into and saying, God, what do you want to do? And what are you bringing now, I still feel unqualified about 90% of the time, mm. um, and there's great people around me who are saying, yeah, you are unqualified, but, like, God has called you, and that's the that's the gift of this season. Mm. Uh, but reminding myself that leadership isn't a box, although I think we've been packaged a box of leadership mm. in our time in the church, right? Mm. So letting some of those things go and just having fun. I think leadership without fun is not leadership. <laughs> not fun. Not leadership. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's one of YFC's core values is seriously oh, fun. Oh, man. Yeah. That's so Another great. Another reason why to come work for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys could disciple me in fun. That'd be so great. Yeah, you have a hard time with that. And Gen Z terms. <laughs> <laughs> or are you millennials? No, millennials. we're Grandma Gen Z's. Grandma yeah. Gen Z's. Yeah, <laughs> we're Gen Z's. Yeah, all my millennial friends are like, oh, my gosh, you're such like a hip Gen Z. And, like, all the 16-year-olds are like... Why are you wearing skinny jeans? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been trying out a center part recently. Yeah. And it's been a really like life changing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aww. The other part of the transition that's been super interesting into this role has been um, trying to figure out how do you how do you own the role that God's given you? without A, taking yourself too seriously, but also not taking it seriously enough. So mm. one of the verses that was spoken over me when I first started this role was from Ephesians, and it's live life worthy of the calling, right? So how do we live, um, how do we do our role worthy of the thing that God has given us to do? Uh, and for me, there's there's so much in me that wants to like, it's such a millennial response, right? There's so much in me that wants to fight the title. Like I don't even like the title. My business cards still say intern, <laughs> at university. But yeah, thinking through like, okay, so I don't love titles. I want to run away from that as much as I possibly can. But also like I need to show up and be mm. present and mm. not actually disrespect what God has given me in this season. And yeah. I think as a younger woman who looks 25 and 20, I would say 26. Some people say it's 25. I think that's generous. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. <laughs> um, I like you so much for saying that. Um, some of that hits up against the the own insecurities I have right mm -hmm. around feeling qualified. So when people think, oh, are you like, you know, like, are you an intern or like, are you, mm. um, are you a university student yourself? Mm -hmm. Right? Like some of that is fighting those insecurities and saying mm -hmm. like, no, I actually don't need to take myself so seriously. I can actually respond in a way that's really mm. uh, respectful to the calling and saying like, actually in the season, like God has given me this job and it's been really cool. And I can own that without feeling like I'm mm. owning it too much, mm. but also wanting to like, there's so much in me that just wants to be like, that's annoying. Mm. Right? Or yeah, you're right. I hate titles. Like mm -hmm. I just want to run away from that. But actually saying like, no, this is what God's given me to do in this season. And I need to do that with integrity mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. do that worthy of the calling. Mm. Right? We recently had a ministry conference and mm. I was sitting with some of the staff and our national director came and sat down and there was a guy who uh, I, I had never met previously. And it was the best moment I've ever experienced. Mm. And so we're sitting down with my boss's boss's boss, you yes, know? Yes, yes. And, and the guy who was sitting with us, he was like, so what do you do at YFC? Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I was like, that's the national director. And and not that, like, yeah. he obviously came and sat down. It was pretty casual. And he yeah. thought I was joking. And so he just kept whatever. And then Tim just, like, laughs and is like, oh, yeah, like, I'm the national director. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And then the best part even was he was like, so what do you do? Do you just do, like, a lot of admin or... <laughs> <laughs> but I think even too like it was Legit like he question. was yeah it was amazing because I was just like I, I thought I actually I thought it was like a cool leadership moment for me because he didn't yeah. get offended yeah. um I yes. did use it to make fun yes. of him a little bit here yeah, and there of course but also it was just like Fan this opportunity to just be like actually this is what I do and he actually mm, yeah. he like then when he like spoke and addressed everybody he was like somebody didn't know I was today so I was like I guess I should introduce myself mm, like you yeah. know what I mean and kind mm. of was like some of you also maybe wonder what I do in a day. Here's yeah. some of what we do. And I just thought it was yeah. kind of fun like that, 
that tension. I, I don't know if you that. ever get it right, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of fun. I love that. I think so mm-hmm. much of our culture tells us to hold on to power so tightly mm-hmm. yeah. that sometimes in the church, sometimes in Christian culture, we just want to run away from it and mm-hmm. say, well, we just need to have nothing to do with power, right? And I don't think that's the answer either. Mm-hmm. I think it's living in, I love what you said, the tension, mm-hmm. right? How do you live in the tension and say, this is what God's given me, but I'm not holding tightly onto that power where, mm-hmm. you know, that director could have looked and said, well, duh, I'm the director, mm-hmm. right? But for him to say, like, actually, this is what I do. Yeah. I just yeah. think that's, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Leadership fun. lesson 101. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thanks, mm-hmm. Tim. Yes, thanks, <laughs> thanks Tim, Tim. for listening to this. Um, yeah, just last thing we want to touch on a little bit, just touch on. <laughs> just touch on. Healing. Oh, yes. Um, this is what Jen was like, what should we ask Vanessa? And I was like, I feel like we could have just like put like a random word generator in the middle and we yeah. could have figured out a way to like have a conversation. I just like to talk about myself. But so. uh, we've been in Arrow together and I think we all cried at Arrow. Uh, everyone, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, but it, like, you know, like the good kind of healing. And I think, well, you and I both had, well, I mean, I said something like, I'm healed from that. And then I was like, ha, just kidding. And you kind of had a similar thing where you were like, oh, maybe I need to like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of circle back. You don't need to get into all the the nitty gritty, all that. But, um, you know, it doesn't actually have to be specific to Arrow. But just like, what has your healing journey looked like? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, one of the uh, one of the gifts of me at my early 20s was that I was full of bubbliness and full of joy and really didn't think anything was wrong with me mm. on the outside while I was internally fighting with God. Right. So living this double reality and so much of my healing journey started in my last year of university in an inductive scripture study in the book of Genesis when we were talking about what God had created and how he had created things to be good. And I came face to face with realizing there were things in my life that were not good. And there were things in my life that I thought uh, I thought were good, but actually needed significant redemption. And I think God has just had me on this like crazy healing journey where I think, and I, I think this is true for everybody, right? Where we think we've hit a point where we're like, oh yeah, I'm healed. And then a year later, that manifests in a different way, <laughs> right? And God's like, it's okay. Let's mm-hmm. try this again, right? Or there's a new level and there's a new layer to that that we need to dive into. And um, I look back on my seasons of healing and think they've been tough. Like suffer- mm-hmm. healing is suffering, right? Healing is suffering. But I don't know if I'd be the person I am today without God's healing power in my life, particularly emotionally, Mm. Um, which feels funny because, you know, there's a lot of things in my life that have been really great. I have great family, great parents, uh, but I think we're all broken and we Mm -hmm. all have those areas of tenderness. And I actually walked into Arrow. This is so cocky of me. (laughs) I walked into Arrow like super... You know, people on the first day started talking about crying and how there was going to be a crying day. And I was like, I'm not crying. I don't know (laughs) these people. I'm not really an outwardly crier. Mm -hmm. Like, I like to cry a lot privately, but I'm outwardly crying. And so I was surprised when God was like, there's some stuff to work out. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. And a lot of it, I think, is from my first couple of years on staff with university and um, trying to reconcile um, yeah, different relationships and different places of hurt. Um, yeah, but you know, God is just so gracious. <laughs> He's so gracious. And I am always caught by surprise when he brings something new to the surface. Um, what do I want to say about that? Healing, man. If you had told me 15 years ago, I think this is a question you're going to ask me, but if you had told me 15 years ago or even 10 years ago that I would have found healing in some parts of my life that I thought I would never find healing in, I would probably have laughed at you. Mm. But again, this is Vanessa's stubbornness coming out, right? Like, I've got it. I can figure that out. Um, And a lot of that has been through therapy, Mm -hmm. pro-therapy, pro-counseling, love my counselor. She's not listening to this, but (laughs) maybe I'll send it to her. (laughs) Shout out to Jackie. Um, Yeah, and just humbling myself to be able to say uh, that it's okay 
that God continues to want to work on my broken heart and my broken spirit. And it's okay that he continues to bring up things. And it makes me a better minister, right? It makes me a better employer. It makes me a better <clears throat> daughter. It makes me a better aunt. It makes me a better um, coworker. If I can say God continues to bring healing mm-hmm. in my life. So th- the lessons I've learned is Vanessa stop saying to God that <laughs> he doesn't have other things to do in your life mm. and stop believing that you've got it all under control because he'll just show up and say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. there's this other thing that mm-hmm. we could do, mm-hmm. right? Or, or maybe there's another layer to something mm-hmm. that we can work on. Um, mm-hmm. I once had, I was talking to somebody and you know how like we say true things and kind of laughy, especially I'm this way for sure. <laughs> for <laughs> No. <laughs> In the three times we've met. Um, but I was like basically saying like, yeah, like, and I'm not this way in like every year, but I, I kind of did this thing where I was just like, I basically was like talking about my stubbornness with God. I'm mm. just like, you know, cause he, you know, I'm the kind of person that like, you know, if, if God's really teaching me something, I will learn it and hear it in like multiple avenues of my, yep. like, it's just like, yes, he needs to kind of yep. get over the noise or whatever, really yep. make it very, very clear to me. Yes. And he asked me completely seriously, but like, you know, how some people just have the gift of mm. just like, mm-hmm. they exemplify truth and love mm. in like a really good way. And oh, I s- wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're growing. We're growing. Um, and he just said, like, what would it look like if you just didn't feel like you had to be stubborn and fight? If you actually just said, you know, you, you laugh like, oh, God always does this thing where he has to, like, you know, kind of kick at me and do all these things until you, like, listen or whatever. And he's like, what would it look like if you actually just accepted what he has for you? And I, I was like, Whoa. <laughs> they can't see my face, but just picture that my eyeballs got as big as saucers. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, and I think like when it comes to saying that too, it's just like, as you get older, you start to be like, maybe I don't actually have to fight this as Mm -hmm. much as I used to. Mm Um, you know, you look back and you think of like how hard it was or how many walls we wanted to put up being like, I actually can be open to healing and open to what he has. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so funny. Last night I could not sleep. I was having a conversation with God (laughs) and, um, we were having a dialogue and he says something to me and I was like, are you sure? It's just like, I've never been unsure. And I'm like, theologically haven't honed that out, but I'm like, he's never been unsure about healing, about grace, about kindness and justice, like his plan to like restore that. He's never been unsure. He's never been unsure about the redeeming the broken pieces of me, you, you, us, the church, the world. Like, He's never been unsure. Like, how gracious is he that we can actually mm. be, we have permission to receive that. We don't have to fight it. Yeah. Mm. And he actually knows how to do it yeah. the best way, right? Yeah. I think that's a lot of the cutting out the noise, right, is mm. trying to fight the, um, does God know how to fix this? Yeah. Does God know how to heal this? For me, that's where my stubbornness comes out. I like to think that I actually know myself better than God, mm. uh, which is such a dangerous trap because right. that's not true. Yeah. Um, but I think so much of that is that just saying, like, God knows what to do. God knows yeah. how to redeem us, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a bigger picture for our lives than we do, Yeah. even though I think I'm awesome. He knows how to actually make me awesome, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And seeing that stubbornness is a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, what are you stubborn for? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be stubborn against God or are you going to be stubborn for God? Mm-hmm. Right? It's a spiritual gifting. It's not in the book of spiritual gifts. It's not in the New Testament. I'm pretty sure Paul was stubborn. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I don't think that list is all inclusive, but freaking hard, freaking good. Freaking hard hard and freaking good. (laughs) Just keep leaning into it. That's the other thing on healing. Just keep leaning into it. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's good for you. 18-year-old Vanessa, it's good for you if If you're listening. (laughs) If you're sitting here and you're like, I am 18-year-old Vanessa. I am. I will pray for you. Mm. Yeah. 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 She was fun. Mm, I believe it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's good news that we don't have to have it all figured out now. Mm -hmm. Don't Don't have to have it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah, this has been so good. Mm-hmm. We could talk it's literally so for hours. We have talked. We have literally already talked for <laughs> hours. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. Final question, though. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've been given 
or a good piece of advice, not to put so much pressure on it? I, I think it would be the the stubbornness as a spiritual gifting. Mm. I think for me that was pretty revolutionary mm. and has been pretty revolutionary, particularly for a strong personality like myself to think through how do I use this, like anything in our lives, how do we use this for God instead of thinking of it as against God, right? And so that piece of advice of like use the things that God has given you for him, that mm-hmm. has to use your stubbornness for him instead of against him, use your strength for him instead mm-hmm. of against him. If God knows us and if God created us to be the way that we are, he's given us those things for a reason. So stop fighting it. Stop mm-hmm. trying to change yourself and start actually saying, how am I going to use this for the kingdom instead of against the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And I wish I had heard that at 23. Mm-hmm. I wish I had heard that at 23, but mm-hmm. that's okay. God redeemed 23-year-old Vanessa. Yes. So good. It is good. So yeah. good. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank for coming. I'm fangirling being on this podcast Aww. right now. I love your podcast. We're your fangirl. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys know when you find out your friends are exceptional thing at things? <laughs> this is what's happening for Aww. me right now. My friends are exceptional at these things. Well, now you're part of it, so you're part of the exception. Oh, I'm so glad we met at Arrow. <laughs> me and I'm so glad I commented on Jen's scuba sweater the That's first day of Arrow. Yeah. That's how it started. Yeah. Wow. Look at us. And Look here at we us. are. Here we are, six <laughs> months later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you won't want to miss. So on whatever podcast platform you prefer, you can find us. There's new episodes out every Monday. And if you want to follow along for more resources and be reminded when there's new episodes, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at just work friends. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. <laughs> have a great week.